Welcome to New Jersey Tech Meetup, the podcast. Each episode, we bring you a huge amount of value from past keynotes at our events, fireside chats, and much, much more. Tune in to hear from entrepreneurs such as Gary Vaynerchuk, James Altucher, and your host, Aaron Price. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we can't wait to share more episodes with you in the future. Of the New Jersey Tech Meetup, you may have seen Sonar a while back presented uh, at one of the events. I don't remember when that was. Do you even know when that was? It was a while ago. It's a really cool geolocation thing, communication tool that Brett will tell you more about. But a lot of people were fired up about this idea. Brett's a really great guy, and it turned out things did not work out. And he ended up posting this really thoughtful post on Medium about it. And when we saw that, we thought it'd be great to have him here and talk about uh, what didn't work out. So here's Brett Martin, previously of Sonar, talking about how why things failed at his startup. Oh yeah, I can I can be quick. All right, hi everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, so do I have a clicker? Oh, it's this thing. All right. Okay. So uh, who's ever heard of Sonar? All right, okay. So you guys all know what I screwed up then already. Yeah. <laughs> you can all save right now. So I'm gonna sort of give you guys a quick overview of what we did, and then I'm gonna walk through a, a litany of things we screwed up, leaving most of them off the table. And then if there's any uh, seconds left, then you can ask me any additional things. I may have forgotten to mention that I screwed up. So, quick intro. Um, <clears throat> this is my third company, uh, sort of, Data Alts, then Sonar, and now Nuco. I'm getting less bad each time. And uh, I'm not actually 103. We'll keep moving. So quick, Sonar by the numbers. So for those of you that don't know what Sonar is, um, it was a mobile app that you downloaded, you put it in your pocket, and then it would buzz in your pocket whenever your friend was nearby. Um, by the numbers, we got a couple million people using it. We raised $2 million in venture capital from a bunch of really good people. We mentioned in the press three, 300 times. Um, bunch of awards, and what did it all amount to? Nothing. So, I'm going to share with you guys today a couple bad ideas. Starting right here. Okay, so, listening to your users. Everyone knows that's obviously a super important thing. So, what happens when you hear false positives? I.e., things that you think are positive that aren't. So, when we launched, we launched with Foursquare, Facebook, Twitter integration. Right? It's pretty a lot for a you know, first-time startup. Everyone was clamoring for LinkedIn because they've come to conferences like this and they want to connect more with people around them. So we rushed to integrate LinkedIn. What was the net effect? Absolutely nothing. Why? Because most of the people that were talking about wanting LinkedIn weren't actually users. So what's the lesson from that? Just whenever someone tells you, I would love to use your product if it only had X feature, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> if, you're enterprise, uh, if you're an enterprise business, you should focus on asking people to fork over money. That's when you know they're serious. And if you're a consumer business that's building something free, you should focus on what the data says, not what people say they want, but what they actually do. Second lesson learned, <clears throat> false negatives. So at the same time, we had tons of users that were saying one of our most requested uh, features was a map. So when people used Sonar to check in at a place, they wanted to check in to have a nice map, like Foursquare. So of course, what did we do, being the you know, brilliant visionary entrepreneurs that we were, we, we completely ignored our users and said, ah, they don't really want an app. They want these additional ambient social networking features. What was the net result? 
Nothing. People stopped checking in on our service because they didn't like the, the uh, thing that we were posting. We posted this little at sonar. We had tons of requests, and what, Facebook started hiding our feed because no one was clicking on it. At the end of the day, people just stopped checking in altogether. So <clears throat> be careful when you ignore what your users ask you for. So third thing, <clears throat> if you're building a social network, one of the big questions everyone talks about is whether or not you should focus on growth or whether or not you should focus on engagement. Is anyone building a social network in the room? Building an app, something that requires users? David, all right. So <clears throat> lots of smart people, they told us, oh, we should focus on engagement. Engagement metrics are what really matter. We spent a lot of time focusing on that. We improved our engagement. We had 40% 40, 40 retention after six months, which is pretty high. <clears throat> what was the net result? No one wanted to give us money with those great engagement metrics. So the lesson learned here is know what metrics matter for your business. Know what metrics you need to hit to raise your next round of financing if you're in that business. <clears throat> for us, it was growth metrics, and we were focused on the wrong metrics. Third thing. Well, this whole section is just about things that I shouldn't have done. Um, Sam Altman, uh, he's a partner at Y Combinator, had a great tweet last night that said, Startups are 95% figuring out what to spend your time on, and then the rest of the time is trying to <laughs> not focus on things you shouldn't be spending your time on. It's more eloquent than that, but you get the idea. <clears throat> so, events. Uh, my, my sort of epiphany on events came when I had just finished pitching a, a, meet, a meetup. It was 11 p.m. Uh, the, there were 16 people at the meetup. I was trying to make my way through a crowded bar not steer anyone with my sonar sign. And all anyone could do is, everyone was coming up to me and not asking me about sonar, but rather trying to get me to install their own app. And the lesson learned here is, events like this are for business development, marketing, and networking. They're not for getting in 10 million downloads. So if you're planning on getting 10 million downloads, find a better distribution strategy. Brands. Ah, so we launched a TechCrunch Disrupt. We were runner-up. We got all this press coverage. And you know who comes to knocking? VH1, MTV, Bravo, it's amazing. Madison Avenue is you know, sending me emails every day, flattered, we go up to meet with them, not really sure what they want, but surely they want to do brand partnerships with our fledgling you know, new visionary startup, and they're gonna hand over their millions of users on a silver platter. Wrong. It took us about 10 meetings to figure it out, but all of these brands, what they were basically doing was keeping tabs on us, so that in case one day we ever became the next Facebook, they would be buddy-buddy with us and could use our network. So brands, not for distribution, again. Side projects. So once, also, about six months after we launched, we had this amazing opportunity to work with Wired Magazine. You know, being a geek growing up, this was like, you know, something I had always dreamed of. We're gonna do this special project for their pop-up store in Times Square, where anyone walking in with Sonar, we would analyze all of our social media data, and then we would identify and record, make a personalized product recommendation about the cool, you know, the best product in the store for them based on their social media data. Amazing, right? Ask the tech team, this is only gonna take like a week, right? We can, we can bang this out this weekend. Six weeks later, we hadn't gotten any of our features out that we wanted to get uh, for Q4. We had gotten the wire thing and the net result, again, was no user. So main thing here is um, identify your top three priorities and cross off two or three because if you're a startup, you basically got one bullet in the chamber, use it wisely. Competition, ah, this one was fun. So 
Sonar launched in May 2011. We had been you know, steadily growing our user base throughout the year, and then right before South by 2012, um, a bunch of the sort of Silicon Valley mafia had invested in a competitor of ours called Highlight. So being South by the place where the next big thing gets discovered, they immediately started pumping the press with stories about how Highlight was going to dominate South by, right? And at this point, you know, my stomach is just is rotting. I, you know, I'd go into the office every day and put on a brave face for the team, but inside I was thinking to myself, like, fuck, we, we totally, you know, missed this opportunity, right? Well, does anyone know what, what happened to Highlight? Who's, who's using Highlight today? Yeah, exactly. So nothing came of nothing came of highlight, but we wasted so much time and energy and just mental cycles thinking about you know our competitors, right? That we should have been just focusing on figuring out what the hell Sonar was going to do for our users. Um, in, in my article, I say that the only way that a startup can kill another startup is by getting in your head and driving you off the cliff. <clears throat> so selling the company. So shortly after. South by Southwest 2012 and the uh, ill-fated launch of Highlight. Now, don't get me wrong, I actually think they had a great view on product, but battery wasn't basically ready. The iPhone's battery wasn't ready for to be running constantly in the background. So our space completely froze off. It was like a, it was like a nuclear winter. We went from being the darlings of the tech industry to the butt of most tech jokes. <clears throat> and some of our investors basically got cold feet. They didn't, you know, we weren't fully committed to the vision in the first place, so at this point, people. You know, we weren't getting the same inbound calls, and they said, okay, it's time to sell, time to sell. So they had this idea that we're gonna just walk in and sell for a couple dozen million dollars to Living Social. So at this point, with our BERT, with our cash balance dwindling, instead of doing the rational thing, which would have been to, you know, find some people new jobs, refocus, and start focusing on making money and extending our run runway, we do the exact opposite. Instead, we actually start piling on team members, increasing our Amazon Web Services bill to the tune of $60,000 a month, and basically wrapping ourselves up for an acquisition. Well, does anyone know what happens when, you when you're desperately trying to sell something? Yes, it doesn't get sold. We spent nine months trying to sell into a company that itself was folding, at the, at the end of which uh, Living Social's uh, Market cap went from six billion to 110 million. So, needless to say, they weren't really interested in giving away 10 percent of their company for our little for our little app, and it, things went completely to shit. So, if you have this fancy of one this fancy idea of one day selling your startup, you should probably focus on building something useful instead of spending all your time selling it. All right. So, this is the final section. Basically, people, and you guys have heard this all. You know, people are the most important thing. I only hire the best people out there, so I won't belabor those points. They're all true. Um, the first one's misalignment. Um, you know, Sonar came out of an incubator, which totally helped us get off the ground. And without it, you know, Sonar wouldn't even wouldn't even have happened. But unfortunately, the way that sort of our capital structure was set up, management and investors weren't always aligned. And so this reared its head on a date most the most mundane sort of day-to-day -day questions about what should go into a contract for someone we were trying to hire to the existential ones, such as you know when it was time to sell the company. And so I spent a lot of time sort of wailing against this structure uh, between me and my investors. 
when in fact I shouldn't I should have just either accepted it these are the terms that I signed the contract that I entered into or I should have walked away so you're you should really try to avoid bad partnerships whenever possible be super careful about who you sign up to be your co-founder or who you sign up to give away part of your equity to but you know either make it work or get out of the way things turn sour so be, be practical. So everyone talks about only hiring players, only hire the best people, and you know I completely agree. But at the same time, if there, who's a first-time founder in the room right now? All right, a lot of you. Okay, so as first-time founders, you're probably not going to be able to get the absolute best engineer, the absolute best marketing person to work for you because you yourself are an unproven commodity. So. My advice to you is, you know, find people that are passionate, that are good, that are honest people, and even if they're not the absolute best, if they have a skill that can help push you forward, then bring them aboard, be honest with them, and then recognize that you're constantly gonna have to be upgrading your company, upgrading the people at your company as you de-risk it yourselves. So, sort of the moral here is just get moving. <coughs> Culture. So. You know, culture is this thing that we talk about in the abstract a lot. My, my most valuable advice about this is just, it's there when you're not in the room. So you are always diligent and honest and decisive and you know, forward thinking, right? But culture is the thing, the thing you leave behind so that when you're not in the room, your team knows how to be decisive and forward thinking and honest. <clears throat> so final phase, onward. Um, you know, people talk a lot about sort of what running out of money is the thing that kills startups, but what really kills startups is when founders let go. So I found myself with my back against the wall time in and time out. I mean, there were there was a several four month period where I would come home and talk to my girlfriend and I'd be like, I have, I have just my head in my hands and I'd say, well, I have 11 days to find $25,000 for payroll. And you know, surprisingly enough, every time I was able to figure out, get a deal, get a deal from Budweiser for 80K, get it Microsoft to invest for another 50K. As long as there's will, there's a way. But sometimes, you know, you know, you know it's time to let go. So when is that? <clears throat> for me, it became after sort of uh, a, fine, a botched financing where we had people that wanted to invest and I couldn't get every, all my current investors to the table to agree to the deal. I had new investors that basically wanted to start a brand new company. I had pivoted Sonar into this sort of B2B ad tech play. We were gonna you know, install an SDK in your phone and rip all the data off of it and then hyper-target you with advertisements all the time. It's a great plan, people wanted to put money into it. You guys don't sound like you're excited about that plan. <laughs> right, but we had new investors, they wanted to put in another million and a half, two dollars. And I, you know, I had the great plan. I had all the right contacts to execute on it. But I, I was hesitating, and I, I couldn't really understand it at first. But then I realized, you know, just because I have a good idea and the, the means to execute it doesn't mean I have to. Because you know what? Do I really want to spend the next five to seven years of my life stealing all your data and targeting you, using it to target you with ads? No, life is short, right? So choose wisely. And I think, you know, they talk about product market fit. I think, you know, founder market fit is just important. Is this something that you are truly, truly passionate about? Because 
when everything goes to shit, and it inevitably will, it's only really caring about you know the end, the dream, the vision that you have that's going to get you through those tough times. <clears throat> so you know, in, in 2013, I take a New Year's trip every year with my friends, and, and you know, we make resolutions. In 2013, this was short, you know a couple months before Sonar really blew up. Um, I had set my sort of goal was persistence. I basically was saying. I've made it this far, I've been self-funding this thing for the past couple of months, all of my investors have given up on me, I'm just gonna keep fucking going until, you know, until I make it, right? And I basically had gotten, you know, to the next step, I had gotten people that were willing to reboot the company, and then it blew up anyway. And so I was like, wait, I don't know, do I keep going? And what I actually realized, what I learned was, the lesson I learned in 2013 was not, it's not merely persistence, but resilience. and. For me, what I learned this past year was basically things could go completely belly up. I could basically lose all my personal savings. And it doesn't, hasn't stopped me. It hasn't sort of quenched my thirst to get back in there and work on something new again. So, you know, persistence is important, but sometimes you gotta know when to concede the battle to win the war. And maybe what's even more important is just resilience, being able to take a hit and keep on going. So that's the end of my soliloquy. Thank you so much for listening, and I wish you all the best luck with your venture. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on our future episodes. From the team at New Jersey Tech Meetup, we hope you're having a great day, and we look forward to spending more time with you in the future. 